My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Our Sunday School. All right, so today we are uh, getting ready to go into Mark chapter 3. Hey, six months in, we're, uh, we're two chapters into Mark. I think that's pretty good pace. So, uh, First thing you'll want to do is bunch up at tables because we will need uh, groups at tables today. So if you are at a table by yourself or with only one other, then slide over and join somebody else because we'll be doing some group work in class today. And I will be asking for... I will be asking for rule followers, so as you look around your table, be thinking about who the, the biggest rule follower at your table is. That will help you immensely today as we move through. Ah, much better. All right. So if you got your Bibles, we'll read through uh, Mark chapter 3. And uh, this material that we cover today may sound familiar because I taught a five-week series on it in November and December of last year before we started Mark. And uh, Dave Barber covered uh, much of this material as we prepped going into Mark chapter 2. Uh, And that worked so well, I think we may actually do some version of this before each one of the chapters in Mark, just to give us a a broader picture of what's going on in in the chapter itself before we dig in. Because some of you may have realized that we, like my personal preference, is to go at a slower pace. And this whole chapter at a time thing, I feel like I need a seatbelt on for, it's just so fast, so... So let's look at uh, Mark chapter 1. This is, we were introduced to Jesus. Uh, We have lots of different uh, uh, passages here that talk about his baptism, his temptation. He begins his ministry. He calls the first few disciples. He's healing. He's preaching. Chapter 2, he does more healing. He does more calling. Uh, He messes with the Pharisees because they're there uh, being punks. And then he ends in what we ended with uh, last week with Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. So today we'll start with Mark chapter 3. I'll read all the way through Mark chapter 3 and then we'll come back and we'll look step through our, our lesson for today. Mark 3. Again he entered the synagogue and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. Jesus withdrew his disciples with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea and from beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon. When the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him. 
And he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him. For he had healed many, so that they who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Boanerges, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas, and James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Then he went home, and the crowd gathered again, so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, He is out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he casts out demons. And he called to them and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods, unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven but the children of man, forgiven the children of man, and whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying, He has an unclean spirit. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside they said to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. So if you recall, as we uh, begin each lesson, um, we ask a question, and the question is the same each and every week. I did not put it on your handout today because it wouldn't fit today, and I hate shrinking font. It's just something wrong about that. Things should be consistent, so I just don't like to do that, so we put it on the PowerPoint. So what is God doing in you through his word, from the portion of Mark we've studied so far. So I'll, I'll answer this the wrong way a couple of times just to give us an example of what I'm not looking for. What I'm not looking for is, oh, I never saw that in verse 13 before. No. Uh, that's knowledge. That's observation. That's not what is God doing in you. What God is doing in you could sound like, um, I am falling in love with Jesus again because he is amazing. He handles everything flawlessly. Um, something that is a, a wrong answer to this. Um, uh, Jim, I never knew that verb tense could be so cool. <laughs> Tim, the elder's like, no, I don't think they're cool, Jim. <clears throat> I think they're cool, but that's okay. Um, but what God is doing in us is some, uh, ob generally, some observation of either a sin 
or observation of a lack of a behavior that we are looking to be doing and should be doing that the Word has brought to our attention. So, uh, no pressure. want us to do this well, but also want us not to answer something that's not the actual question, because this is intended to be a mirror up really close. What is God doing in us through His Word from the portion of Mark we've studied so far? So now we have included Mark chapter 3. We've started to scratch the surface of that, so... What is God doing in you through this series so far? Yes, Ms. Sherry? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, I'll answer this one for me. Um, what God is doing in me is He's showing me that my questions oftentimes look a lot more like the Pharisees than the disciples, um, which is terrifying, right? It's really terrifying. Uh, and it's so easy to fall in love with a list that you have memorized of check, 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 check. Yay, we're all good. Woo-hoo. When... He wants our hearts, right? And our hearts then will impact our actual behavior. It's this whole other, it's whole other process. So, somebody else? Thank you, Monsieur. What is God doing in you through the portion of Mark we studied so far? Yes, Daniel. How so? Very easily distracted, right? Yeah. Squirrel. <clears throat> right. We literally put it in a movie and right? Made it a hashtag and a meme. Yeah. Squirrels were around long before uh, up was. <laughs> I promise. There's a lot you could probably even sorry, I'm gonna chase a squirrel. Talking about squirrels, there you go. <clears throat> now it's inception. Um you could probably go through the Gospel of Mark and just count how many times somebody gets distracted with something, right? Um, I actually, <laughs> I was reading Mark chapter 3 this week, and uh, I, had a, I had a moment where I felt sorry for the demons because they couldn't help but testify of who he was when he came around. And it must have been so frustrating and distracting for them <laughs> to be so off course with their typical message, right? It was just radically, radically different. But let's look at our process. 
It does show his power. Later. Later. Yep. Then they wouldn't have said that. Yeah. To follow up on that, is that when he told them that he saw not to say anything about it after he left, they didn't say anything about it. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah, it, it was a very difficult communications plan to follow. Like it was... <laughs> For those of you that work in businesses where there's a communications plan to follow and there's sequencing of timing of announcements and like this was this was really hard to pull off. <laughs> it's just really hard to pull off. All right, so our talking about the Bible, our process steps here. Um, I, I do want you to, if anybody has a handout from prior weeks, you'll notice that the practice at the bottom of the page looks shockingly like our homework each and every week because it is exactly the same as our homework each and every week. And one of the things that we, we laid out at the beginning of this year that our expectations were, were that we would do our homework before we came into class to be ready and prepared. So the first process step is to pray. And this is uh, our attitudes here, our fear and dependence and expectancy. And if you want to know more about these, um, th there's a whole series of lessons that we taught in November and December. And you can go to OurSundaySchool.com and, and watch or listen to those. But these attitudes of fear and dependence and expectancy. And what do we do? We, we pray for illumination and wisdom and hearing for the hearers. So if we want to understand how to talk about the Bible rightly, uh, it begins with uh, prayer before we actually talk. So, uh, Tim, would you pray for illumination and wisdom and for hearing of the hearers as we uh, prepare to study this morning? Thank you, sir. Father, it's not by accident that we're here this morning. Lord, so many things going on on lives, Lord, distractions, Lord, that uh, get in our way of drawing close to you most of all. Lord, I pray that in all of this, Lord, we would be drawn close to you. Lord, I do pray, Lord, for your opening of our eyes, our ears, our hearts, Lord, your word, Lord, as we go through this morning and uh, study, Lord, that uh, words would just speak to us anew, Lord, and uh, bring about uh, just, Lord, things that we haven't maybe seen, Lord, that things maybe you remind us of or encourage us in. God, I pray that this morning as we do dig in to this chapter, Lord, in these several verses, Lord, that it would just be uh, just more revealing to us, uh, Lord, in all that we do. Amen. Thank you, brother. So, Tim, was that a complicated prayer? No, right? And one of the things I love about what the Scripture tells us to do relative to approaching the Scripture is it's not really complicated. It's, um, I'm in the dark without God's help. It's, I don't have the wisdom that the Spirit has. It's, I need help hearing what the Spirit has to say. And in case you hadn't wondered, you hadn't, you hadn't seen this, this is putting low ourselves and lifting high the Lord, and it's actually entering into a time of worship as we acknowledge that He is uh, above um, us. So step two is to hear, uh, and this is uh, quite 
It's a very complicated process, right? Uh, read the Bible out loud to others and hear the Bible being read aloud. So have we done this step already? Yes, yes we have. Excellent. What I would encourage you to do uh, is when we break up into table groups here in just a second, uh, that, that you pick a section of Mark chapter 3. So I'll, I'll give you the sections. So the first, if you've got an ESV in front of you, the first section is a man with a withered hand. The second is a great crowd follows Jesus. And then the 12 apostles, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus' mother and brothers. So one, two, three, four, five different sections. So I would encourage you not to try to eat the entire passage at once, the entire chapter at once, uh, but to, to pick a smaller section. And once you have settled on which section you're going to pick, I would encourage you to have somebody at the table read that aloud. And if the others want to listen in, that's great. If you want to follow along in a copy of the Scripture, that's great as well. Uh, but I would ask you to uh, shut up and sit still while the Word of God is being read. And if that was too blunt for you, then we'll use the Bible's words, respect and deference, <laughs> which is basically shut up and sit still. Um, one of the... One of the last ways in American culture to get a room of people to be quiet is to just begin to pray out loud. People will eventually shut up. They will stop what they're doing like, oh, somebody's praying. Like, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, but I know what I'm not supposed to be doing. Right? And I, I think it is hideously imbalanced when we are arrogant enough to believe that when we talk to God, everybody should stop. But when God talks to us, we get to continue doing what we're doing. Does that make sense? All right. So let's have some respect and deference when the word is being read. Um, all right. Process step number three. This is to think. So I'll give you a second. At your tables, select a... Get your daddy. Move him over here. At your tables, select one of those five uh, sections of chapter three. Now, I need the rule follower to self-identify himself or herself at this point. Remember, I told you, be thinking about who is the rule follower at the table. I need the rule follower to raise his or her hand so that I can see the rule follower. All right, got one, two, three, four. Then this table needs a rule follower. Rule follower, self-identify. Mitch, excellent, great. All right, so I've got... You, at, at my work, that's called being voluntold. So there's, that's the way that works. All right. So rule follower, which section is... Have you identified a passage at your table? One of the five... You have not? All right. 30 seconds on the clock, go. No, not yet. Have you identified it? You've identified here, this table? You've identified? Mitch, you've identified? Dave, we're waiting on you. Have you identified? Excellent. Great. All right. Whoever 
would like to read that passage at your table, who thinks you could do the best job of reading it out loud, then you should volunteer. Typically there is some, thank you Shelby, typically there is somebody who believes that they are really good at this. So, like, just go for it. You read that and I'll come back and tell you step three. All right, I think I heard everybody finish on the reading, so here's what I need you to do next. Here's what I need you to do next. Not talk. Here's what we're going to do. This is process step number three. This is to think. So thinking involves our thinking caps, right? Not our yapping mouths, right? So thinking is our attitudes are humility and wonder and steadfastness. So humility in that these are not my words, wonder in that these are the actual words from God. The creator of the universe has spoken. And steadfastness in that don't quit, right? This is, nobody ever said that Bible study was easy. So whoever sold you on that lie, just don't believe that. It, it is not. So our actions are to think about God's Word. And right now you've got the next three minutes. Uh, and just to slow down and think. So I'll give you three minutes. You're going to stare at the text. You're going to think about what these words say. Just think about what these words say. All right, so this is process step number four now, talking. Now, this is not step number five, sharing. Sharing is we have come to the end of this process, and we are, we are ready to now uh, share with someone else what this text is about. But step number four is talking. Uh, and this is talking to those willing to teach and using available resources. So was there a word that you didn't know in your text? Was there a concept you were not familiar with? Was there an idea that you went, hmm, I don't, I don't really, hmm, I don't, I don't know what that was about. Now is the time to ask questions. And you feel free to ask questions from someone at your table or to pull out a device and to ask questions if you're looking for the definition of a word. Uh, Studylight.org is a fantastic place to go for that. Um, if you're looking for some uh, context, you know, we've read all of Mark chapter 3. Make sure this is in context. Uh, but now is the time to ask questions of your table mates. Rule followers, we've got about three minutes here. You may not have questions, but your fellow table mates might. All right, so I'll give you a temptation of mine. A temptation of mine is to go, ooh, 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 I really want to talk right now. And a temptation of mine is not, uh, what did you see in the text? A temptation of mine is not, let me slow down and think through this. A temptation of mine is not, I should go consult someone who has spent more time walking with the Lord than I have uh, who has perhaps studied this text or even taught on this text before. Um, this is this process step number four. If you look at our practice there, it's we need we, which I'm sure is bad grammar in some way, shape, or form. That's really good theology. Um, we, we need others in this with us. So now we get to process step number five, the sharing part. So this is where we should have, after praying for understanding, hearing the text, thinking about the text, seeking out uh, advice and counsel from others or other resources, we should be able to, at this point, in a very lowly, intentional, calm, and patient way, 
And if that has not been your emotional state the last 10 minutes, then let's get there, right? Lowly, intentional, calm, and patient. To be able to speak the truth in love and trust the Lord with the outcome. Because sometimes there are things in the Scripture that are not very palatable. You ever read those? You read them and you're like, ooh, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't look good. It doesn't taste good coming out of my... Like, that's just, that's hard. Yep. And Jesus actually, we'll, we'll get to portions of Mark where Jesus is like, this is a hard saying. Well, thanks, Jesus. I appreciate that because I thought so too. <laughs> like, it's, it's really challenging. Um, but this is loving others and trusting God that he actually did write what he intended to write. Uh, which is the shocking, shocking submission to uh, the text of Scripture. So, did anybody, did any table have a man with a withered hand? Had one in the back? Excellent, great. So, um, so what would you like to share? Now, your, uh, I forgot to tell you one thing. Your uh, rule follower is not allowed to talk during this time. So, your rule follower is not allowed to talk. <laughs> Your, your rule follower has, has exercised all their rule following at this point. So they have done their work. Good job, rule follower. So, so what is the main thrust? What is the main idea in this text, a man with a withered hand? What's going on? From the table that talked about it. Yes. Yes. So, yes, so they are, uh, so Jesus is uh, calling them out for caring about what over what? Over the individual. And how did Jesus himself summarize the whole Old Testament law? Love God and love your neighbor. Right. So here is a way to love our neighbor, and you would rather adhere to this law. Now, the interesting thing is that verse... Six in this is a plot twist. That is really not that much of a twist, right? This is like a, a no-brainer if you're following along. Um, that's going to play out in the following chapters that there are people who want to kill Jesus. But this is the first time that we see it in Mark that somebody actually wants to kill him. So this is, you know, if, if we're watching this in a movie, this is where the ominous music pops in and you're like, ooh, I think something I think that means something. Yes it does. That's exactly right. Those people huddled in the corner, that means something. Yes. It also proves uh Jesus' point is what what it's more valuable than the others because they're uh penalizing him for killing people for saving lives. Yes. And then they go off probably Come on. Come on. Come on. There you go. Now we got it. So the so the mirror is actually like Mark is showing what their sin is. In, very good, very good. All right, so a great crowd follows Jesus. <clears throat> what statement? The Pharisees wanted to uphold the law more than their neighbor. My challenge is I don't think it's the law they want to uphold. It's their twisted Yes, yes, that's right, that's right. In their mind, they're upholding the law. What they're actually upholding is like this uh, stacked... Yeah, all this junk on top of the law. That's right. That's exactly right. Very good. Very good. All right, so did anybody have a great crowd follows Jesus? Excellent. Good. I didn't think anybody would take this one. Cool. All right. So uh, what was the question I asked at this table? What's the main thrust, the main idea? What's really going on? In it? Okay. So what's happening for this one? Were you the rule follow? Were you the rule? You were not. Excellent. Good. All right. 
<laughs> Good job, Kelly Joe. <laughs> no, 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 no. What? You, you're what? Yeah. I really, like, I, what am I going to say? I don't care what your take is. Yes. What does the text say? <clears throat> what does the text say? Yes. Yes. Lest what? Yeah, which is kind of a crazy idea, right? You're like, that's a lot of people that it takes to actually crush somebody. Yeah. Yes. 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 That's right. That's right. But what I'm saying is it, it, it takes a significant number of people to actually crush somebody like you, you can't do that like 10 people you could I guess you had the right 10 but like you need like a lot of people to go pull this off yeah okay so so what is he making sure happens right why yeah he's got more to go right we're in chapter three yeah we got more to go so first first passage was we're planting a seed for you guys. See where I'm going with this now, right? The first passage was we're planting a seed for what's more to come. The second is Jesus is there's more to come. He's got to be safe. Anybody got the twelve apostles? Did you guys? Okay. He does, yes. He does, yes. Protecting the the God Man, yes. If the text didn't say it, then I'd struggle too. But the text is there, so that's where I'm at. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, no, it's not. It's not a division. He's a perfect God-man. There's no disunion. But I want to make sure we don't use that word about Jesus because that's the that's actually a heresy about Jesus. So we won't use that one. Uh, so twelve apostles, twelve apostles. So thinking about the question of looking toward the future, who might we perhaps want around us for the future work? More workers, right? Yes, more workers. All right, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Who had this one? I think probably two tables had this one. Yes, over here. Excellent. All, all three of you, great. Yeah, I figured that would be the popular one. Everybody's like, what's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's not. <clears throat> it's, it's the one that everybody wants to ask questions about, but that's okay. Um, oh, and look, we're out of time. Oh, darn. Uh, it is 945, in fact, so there's that. So in about five weeks, I think, we'll get to the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And what we're going to say... <laughs> Is uh, no, seriously, we go one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, about five weeks. Yeah, five ish or so, maybe six. Depends on how fast we go through the 12 apostles. There's a lot going on in the 12 apostles. Um, oh, that's like August. <laughs> Come on, I've set a pace here, right? Like, we have a certain pace that we're moving through. All right, so, uh, what is the after class practice? What is the after-class practice at the bottom of the handout? Invite. invite. Yes, invite. Every single week, our homework is to invite. You can feel free to invite a member. 
which is, I still think is odd, but, um, or you can invite a non-member. I, I really don't care. And the easy way to invite somebody is just to send them to OurSundaySchool.com. Uh, talk to them and say, hey, this is what we do on a regular basis. Do you want to get a flavor of what we do? Here it is. There you go. So uh, at the bottom of, uh, actually on your weekly update, you should have a weekly update at your table. I have put too much tape on mine and I ripped it. But if you will uh, make sure everybody's name that's at your table is at the bottom of that uh, weekly update. Uh, lean in, engage, pray as a table over those prayer requests. And then remember, next Sunday morning, we don't have Sunday school in this room. We are in the gymnasium for a campus-wide Sunday school. So you don't want to miss that. Going to be some pretty neat stuff going on there. So thank you for coming to Sunday school today. And after you have prayed, you are dismissed. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.